Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy Podcast. My Urban Partners, I'm your host, Steve McKnight. And I'm Richard Nichol. And so today we're talking about how to save more money. And we've got Stacey and Matt back on the show. You guys were just on Case Study Sunday and recently came on our webinar. Now, I fell off my chair during that webinar because I didn't know much about you guys before you came on. And then you said you were saving a lot of money. I said, how much are you saving? And you told me 40 to 45% of your income. And I was like, wait a second, I didn't know about this. So we're going to jump in and talk about how you guys are doing it. But I do want to mention for everybody listening at home, as always, nobody pays to come on the show. We don't take sponsorship. So we've got Stacey on here talking about what she does because we think she's genuinely got some good things to say. Now, on that webinar, Stacey, you mentioned that you've got a wealth system. Can you explain it to us in about 60 seconds? Yeah, so the system is to remove the emotion from money. It's to help you see exactly where you are with your finances so that you know exactly where you are in terms of percentages, where you're not overspending, and then making sure that you're driving towards a vision saving and also doing things that you love is what I'm big about. And then... It's really about the mindset of making sure that you're driving that system. And how does it work? Basically, what I do with people is we go through a whole year of your income. We then put it into percentages in terms of where you're spending it, categorize it. And it's got buckets is the best way to describe it so that you then can see where your money's going. So, for example, a certain percentage of your income will go towards savings. A certain percentage will go towards food. And I'm really big on making sure that you've got your dream accounts. So, you know, entertainment, travel, and there is also an account for personal. So that's you getting to spend money on yourself doing what it is that you want to do. And so how many buckets would someone normally have? I would start anyone at seven to begin with. We've got, I think, 15 accounts. So the more emotion that comes up for someone, then that's where we'd need a new bucket. So... When we first started, for an example, we had our expenses all combined, which included our car, but that made Matt way too emotional because obviously you go to the mechanic once a year and so you're needing to build some money up in there and when it's not separated, you can't necessarily see that that bucket of money is for your car. So that was causing some emotion, so then we separated it. So just so I understand this right, so... Say there's a $1,000 budget to spend on car maintenance every year. Because it was grouped in with your general expenses, household expenses, it was not clear that you had that money set aside and that was causing some stress. Yeah, 100%. And I went to your website and I noticed that you've got six steps to get out of the debt book. What's the first step? Savings. The reason why you do that is no one is more important than yourself and you should be working towards your long-term vision not your short term. And so most people, the first thing they'll do is put their money towards expenses, but then they're paying big companies that probably have good cash flow that aren't going to matter if you don't, or they are going to care if you don't pay your bills, obviously. But what I'm saying is you need to take care of yourself before, you know, those big companies. And how much should we be saving? I like to start anyone at 10% to begin with and then you shouldn't actually start off saving any more than that because emotionally you can't actually handle more than 10%. With the savings, it's actually just saving. So if you were saving for something separate like a new car or we're getting married soon like a wedding, that would be a separate bucket. So savings is just for savings and it's to grow three months of your income and then look at ways to invest. So that's what we've done in terms of like property. 
And when you say start with 10% and then increase it by 10%, walk us through what that actually looks like. So month one, I'm saving 10% of my income. Then what happens? So I have my sidekick here, Matt. He can answer that. Yeah, so after three months, we reevaluate, see how the, the accounts are going, and then we drive it like a business. So you are a personal business, and then you up it. So you're trying to up your income. You're trying to up everything as you go. So then it would go from 10% to 11%. And then times 10, which would be about 13.1%, and then so on and so forth. So it's taken us like four years to get to 40%. And then what happens is every time you lift it that 10%, it feels emotional for the first maybe one or two weeks. And then you get used to it. And then you go again. So you get like eight or 10 weeks of being like, okay, this is all good. And then you try and drive yourself again. Keep on driving yourself every single time. So it's 10% of the amount you're currently paying, not an additional yeah. 10% yeah, of your net income. Yes. So you're not going to 20% straight away. <laughs> yeah, that would be quite too, too emotional. Now, I've got a question for you, Stacey. I'm going totally off script here. But I get paid weekly, and it's the most wonderful thing in the world. Honestly, when I started getting paid weekly, I just thought Andrew Nicholl is an employee's paradise. <laughs> That's not even good English, but I was just ama- I don't know it was amazing. Any, anyone else in the company would agree with that. But no, go getting on. paid weekly changed my <laughs> That's life. That's great. But my partner now gets paid monthly. So I wonder, like, what advice would you give to someone who's like, I know what it's like to get paid monthly. It's the worst thing in the world. But how do you manage that? Such a good question. So the first thing that I would do is never, ever do that. So we would divide, say, her income by four or five. And then with the system that I teach, so there's like you put your income at the top and then it will filter through the system and it will tell you what you need to put into each bucket. So for her, for example, we would divide, whether it's four or five weeks, what her monthly income is, divide that and then put the rest into another account called holdings. And then each week she would do the system. And the reason for that is subconsciously she'll be feeling rich on payday and poor the day before payday. And so the whole system is really about just leveling out that emotion to do with money. Consistency around the cash flow, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, When you're talking about having a system, it seems like it's like a real structure around how the money comes in and then you're using automatic payments to put everything in the right bucket. No. No, No, I'm seeing a a shaking (laughs) head. How's it working Um, in practice? So each week we set a day. So on a Wednesday is our day to do the system. I'll put what our weekly income is into the system and then the spreadsheet will tell me what I need to transfer and I do that manually. And the reason for that is you are in control of your money, no one else is, and the system is very subscribed in terms of the order. So I can't have one automatic payment going out before the next thing. Okay. And you keep talking about the system. Did you come up with it or have you, you stolen it or adapted it from somebody else? totally stolen so I shout out to my coaches that I work with so they taught me the system MJB seminars in Australia and then Matt and I made our own sort of system within that so the principles are all the same but we've created our own spreadsheet and the way that I teach it we've adapted to how it's worked for us because we just ran with it and absolutely loved it and it's worked for us and so I want to help people to make sure that Money isn't what stops them from saying yes to anything. Okay, and if we come back to that ebook you were talking about, the six steps to get out of debt. So number one is savings. I think we've covered that. Number two, you've said is strategy. What do you mean by strategy? Strategy and system are kind of similar, but the strategy around the system 
is that you want to have like a strategy to help you with like say your debt and what your goals are. So how are you going to get there or how are you going to pay that debt down as an example? And so a lot of people will want to pay the debt down. But what I say is we need to have a strategy for working that out. So say you're $1,000 in debt, I'd be like, how quickly do you want to pay that off? And then we'd work that into the system. But the strategy of how quickly you want to pay that down is the strategy to get you out of that place rather than just putting everything to paying the debt down and not growing your savings. Okay, so it's a bit of a mix of it. You see that it's kind of integrated with step three, which is obviously a system. And so step three is system. Tell us what that means. So just the system is what's driving your money, not your emotion. Okay, so we start out with we're saving our 10%, then we're thinking about which debts are we going to pay off. Step three is having some sort of spreadsheet or idea of where the money's going and we're manually transferring that. Just one point on that is because, you know, say take Christmas for example, it's emotional. So if you don't have the system to guide where your money's going, how much you've got for things, you're going to overspend and that's what gets people into trouble. So if the system's guiding you in terms of what you can spend in your food and presents and entertainment and then it's not going to kind of get you into trouble. Whereas if it's just in one pot of money, say Christmas time, you're going to completely overspend because you're going to be emotional about buying the presents for everyone and then you're annoyed because you've now overspent. How do you not fudge the numbers? If it was me, I'd be, oh, I've overspent on my food budget, but I've got some money in my car maintenance budget. So I'll just spend less on car maintenance and I'll just go out for dinner one extra time. How do we stop that from happening? Well, yeah, we're not perfect and that has happened and you know does happen but it's a mindset thing right so as an example when we lifted up to 40 percent and we bought our investment property that has caused a lot of emotion for us because we're changing a lineage of our family like it hasn't been kind of done before and so that brought up a lot of emotion for me in terms of my mindset around you know if I said no to something well then people would be like well you've just bought a house I struggle to then say no to that even though you know, that's towards your long-term vision. So yes, we do do it, but things start to wobble. So when things start to wobble in our life, we look at our money and we're like, okay, what do we need to do? We need to make sure that we don't do that again and reset it and go again. So it's about not beating yourself up, but don't continue to do it. And we did do that just recently. And I started just attracting these unexpected bills. So because we'd gone to 40%, I was feeling quite emotional. We were doing a little bit of that, which we're not proud of, but we're also human. And so I got a parking ticket, or actually no, it was a texting ticket. You know, we then were going to have to pay extra because our fence fell down and we lost a rubbish bin, which the council were going to charge us for. And so that to me told me that something was happening. We were wobbly in our finances, so I needed to sort that out. When I did, the rubbish bin came back. We got a payout for our fence and, well, I still had to pay the ticket. But you can kind of see that my emotions was driving what was happening to me externally. Okay, interesting. Now, step four is spending less that you earn, which is obviously a bit easier said than done, which we've obviously just covered as well. What are some of the things that really worked for you guys when you were trying to spend less? What are some of those quick things you were able to cut out? To begin with, we sold things and then we yeah looked at any subscriptions we weren't looking at buying. I think the big thing is when people don't even look at their money. So 
when we were looking at my mum's money, for example, she was paying for a car insurance that she hadn't had for two years. Now, people are going to laugh about this, but it's actually what's happening. Like money is leaking from people's accounts because they don't look at it. So looking at it, you're going to see that there's maybe subscriptions, maybe things that you're just paying for that you don't actually need anymore. And just asking yourself, are you getting a return on your investment for everything that you spend? And I mean everything, like your power, etc. All of our expenses, like I said, we then would ring up the companies and try and get a better deal, change companies, shop around, etc. Yes, it does take time, but it does save you money. And it means that then you can put more money into those dream accounts and those things that you actually want to be doing. And so step five, this is a bit of a nerve wracking one, combining finances. Is that for everyone? I personally think it should be, Um, but it's not. (laughs) Yeah, so we combined our finances after six months of being together. Six months? Did you know Matt was the one that early on? Yeah, I think so. But the reason why we done it was because of the system. So again, the rules were really clear. The system was dictating our money. We both have personal accounts that the same amount of money goes in. I think it's a very controversial topic, but I think it's not cut and dry like it's not going to work for everyone but my question would be why are you not doing it because you know yes it's hard we've had to have some really hard conversations you're combining different value sets but that's where the growth is in your relationship and if you're trying to avoid something in your money because you don't want to combine then that's going to be happening in your relationship anyway I'm the only girl in the room so I'm a really big advocate for women as well like Traditionally, they go off and have babies, which what happens then, potentially having to give up on their careers, therefore the same amount of money isn't coming in, but traditionally the man can go and work and bring in the money, right? And so I think it just keeps it fair and, you know, women do other things that might not be financial that help to run a household. I'm big on it because it just helps, I think. What were some of the nerve-wracking parts about that, Matt, when Stacey came to you and said, hey, I think we should combine our money? Because six months in, I can imagine that would have kind of pretty been a bit of, bit of a surprise. We were pretty much both on the same page at the same time, so it kind of just worked well. We had very similar amount of savings to start with to come together, and we were earning similar money at the time as well. So it, it was very easy to bring it together. It was nerve-wracking, don't get me wrong, because I liked my cars and motorbikes and all sorts of stuff, and I had to sacrifice a little bit, but we knew what we wanted to do long-term, so that was the biggest thing. You know, it's not going to work for everyone. Make sure that you do talk to people like lawyers and stuff if you have to, if there's other things involved. I personally have also been down that road with family member with money with housing so it's not going to work we didn't have any houses you know etc we were kind of even but my biggest question is what I just said why are you trying to avoid it and what do you get out of combining your finances why is it so important to you Stacey because it's just fair so therefore you're working towards the same goal it's been easy for us because now we're you know the goals are the same therefore we've gone into property quicker because we're not having to navigate How much are you going to put in? What are you going to do? Because it's all just together. So it's just fear. Yes, we've had to have some really hard conversations, but you're just continuously working towards the same goal. And I think that's what's important. And step six is is similar. It's about accountability, right? Yeah. And that's the biggest thing. I think it would be hard to do the system without Matt and Matt's vice versa, because when 
he wants to go and splash out, that's more because there's some emotion coming up. So therefore we can work through it together. And same with me when there's stuff going on, I've got someone that's keeping me accountable so that I don't just go and splash it. And so if someone wants to work with you, how do they do that and what does it cost? Yeah, you can come and have a free wealth creation strategy session with me, which is where I'll take you through a bit of a system. I'll help you find $10,000 off the bat through the systems that we have implemented and make sure that, you know, it is something that you can afford. And then we will look at working towards my money makeover program, which is four weeks where we would pretty much put the budget together. I don't like the word budget because it feels restrictive, but it's what people need and what they want. And so that's a four-week program of us putting it together, making sure that you know how it works and that you can go off and do it. One-on-one, it's all online. So the first step would be to book the call in with me and then make sure that it is something that's going to work for you and also for me. And then the four-week program, and then that's 999. But I always guarantee that I'm going to find the money back for you because I don't want money to be the barrier of you not being able to come and get the support. And the reason why I do it is because... I wished we had someone out there like me when we were growing up. So $1,000. So how does someone get in contact? You can either Google me, Stacey Adams, and then the key steps will come up. Facebook, Stacey Adams, Wealth and Abundance Coach, or Stacey Adams Money Coach on Instagram. Awesome. But let's wrap it up there, but please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. It really does help us get the message out to more people. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy Podcast. I'm your host, Steve McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. We're going to be back here tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.